If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free app, anchor.fm, to get started. Jaguars Dan for episode three, Derrick Henry's Buffet. So for this episode, we're going to recap week 11. We're going to preview week 12 against the Titans. A little fantasy playoff advice. We're going to get the mailbag going. ATB Goose, Eric Geisler is going to stop in to chat with us for a little bit. And we're going to finish up with everybody's favorite segment, the prank call. Big cat calling. So let's get started. Week 11. It features Jacksonville versus the Colts in Indianapolis. The Colts got their 300th win because they ran for 264 yards. Marlon Mack had 14 rushes for 109 yards, had a touchdown. Uh, He left in the third quarter with a hand injury. Jonathan Williams, though, picked up the slack. The 25-year-old, 6-foot, 223 bruiser from Arkansas. He was drafted by the Bills in the fifth round in 2006. Had 13 carries, 109 yards. That is the first time since 1985 that the Colts have had two 100-yard rushers. And only the third time in franchise history. Jacoby Brissett was back from injury uh, with his papered knee. He threw for 148 yards, 15-24, on a touchdown and one interception. Uh, He also ran for a touchdown. Adam Vinatieri also broke a record there. He broke more Anderson's field goal attempts in the first half, 710. That's the first Colt to make 500 extra points. Well, good for him. The Jags' D could not stop the run. They played awful, missed multiple tackles. Um, They could not close the gaps. They gave up 33 points. That run defense need to figure things out before we see Derrick Henry on Sunday, or he's going to have himself a little Golden Corral action. He's going to have the Derrick Henry buffet. And part of that is due to Marcel Darius not being in there, because now it is. It's an undersized front. The Jags offense started out with a bit of a spark. Foles, it was in his first game back from his collarbone injury. He went 33 for 47. Yes, you heard that right. They threw the ball 47 times, 296 yards, had two touchdowns, did throw an interception. Uh, Foles opened up the scoring with a 34-yard touchdown pass to DJ Chark, as you heard in the intro. DJ Chark had a day as he went eight receptions, 104 yards, two touchdowns. Now, the rushing, that was an issue. Fournette only had eight carries. 
for a total of 23 yards. Total rushes for the day was 29 yards. Lambeau missed a field goal. Well, that hardly ever happens. Um, Foles again with his 47 throws. It was a close game early. We should have ran the ball. That didn't happen. I don't know why they thought Foles was just this magician that could come in and, you know, burn that arm up, throw 47 times, try and win this thing. You got to stick to what we know. Run the damn ball. Uh, there were some injuries involved. Defensive end. Leontre McCray, he injured his hamstring. Josh Oliver, the tight end, just got back to playing. He exited with a back injury, which led to the signing of uh, Nick O'Leary. That's up on the Twitter page if you guys want to go. Again, guys, please go like, follow, share, interact with us on the uh, Twitter page. It's across the Jags. On the other side of the ball, the Colts had some injuries too. As we saw, Marlon Mack, running back, he went out with a hand fracture. I think he's going to miss a few weeks. Uh, the rookie corner, Rock Yassin, he also went out. Overall, it was not a good day for us. It was not a good look. We went away from our running mindset. Um, we relied too much on Nick Foles. I'm sure he was under a lot of pressure. Got a lot of people calling for Gardner Minshew to start again. I even saw there was a petition up on Facebook that fans are trying to get Minshew to start again, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think, barring anything major, I think Foles is going to ride out the rest of the year. And then we'll trade him to the Chicago Bears. You know, Foles, though, he didn't have a bad day in the fantasy realm. Like I said, he was uh, 33 for 47, two touchdowns, 296 yards. I actually did start him in one of my leagues because I like starting Jaguars. Don't ask me why. But I started him because uh, I took the advice from Thrive Fantasy. Across the Board Sports is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Daily prop bets for all kinds of sports where thousands of dollars are up for grabs every single day. Want free money? Use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Download the free app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And don't forget, use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Across the board sports, unique sports coverage. Changing gears. Let's preview week 12. A little AFC South battle with implications on the line. Both these teams still very much in the hunt. Jags at 4-6, Tennessee's at 5-5. Five and five. They're coming out of this thing well-rested off their bye week. The last time uh, the Titans took the field, it was all about Derrick Henry. They ran against the Chiefs, 23 carries, 188 yards, 2 touchdowns. And the Jags' D has allowed two 100-yard rushers in their last game. They're now allowing... 5.3 rush yards per carry. That's last in the league. Last. I feel like me and the uh, people listening to this podcast could form a better defense. That's why this episode is titled The Derrick Henry Buffet. Because he's going to go nuts if we can't figure something out. If we can't uh, make some tackles, close some gaps. Our small size front is going to have to figure out how to get big and fast. Um, a little bright note though, three sacks last week, that puts us fifth overall for the year in sacks. Our pass defense is ranked 12th, so middle of the pack. Um, 
Josh Allen is having a defensive MVP year, uh, except he's not going to get any attention because Bosa's sucking it all up. Um, Titans have allowed the most sacks in the league, so something's got to give there. I imagine they're just going to run the ball the entire time. They might not throw one time. Their passing defense is in the middle of the pack also. They allowed uh, 102 yards per game. As rushing goes, they allow four yards per carry. We can get Leonard Fournette fired up. The first time we played him, we only allowed 44 yards rushing. I don't think that's going to be the case this week, unless we somehow get bigger in the front. So, my prediction, Jacksonville 24, Tennessee 20. We're going to find a way to bottle up Derrick Henry. Get this train righted back on the tracks. Indy. Houston, one of those teams has to lose this week. We beat the Titans, and that puts us one game out of second, second place. Just like Nick Foles, I'm very optimistic. Each game's an entity. I mean, yeah, definitely, you know, get more comfortable being out there. Um, that's the big thing, but, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, how to win as a team. Um, we have to, you know, to win in football and the, the teams I've been on, you, you have to win as a team. And, you know, we have the guys in the locker room. We have the coaches here to do that. You know, we're going through our journey right now. Everyone wants you just to arrive at the end goal, but that's not how this thing works. Like, we're in that, that tough time. This is really where you get tested, and this is where you can either go this way or that way. Which one do you want to choose? And it's really just positivity or negativity. Um, and that's where we're at right now. This is where your, your culture is built. This is where, you know, you establish so many things in these trials. Because it's not easy. Because everyone's wanting to know, oh, why can't you do this? Why not this? Why aren't you there? Why aren't you in rhythm? Well, if anyone, if you've ever done anything, if you ever were learning how to write, you weren't very good at the beginning, or there was times where you struggled, but then you got a rhythm because you just kept going at it, you kept figuring out, you kept grinding at it, and that's where we're at right now. We're figuring out who we are as a culture, and, you know, this is one of those things, hopefully when we're at the end of the journey, we look back and we're like, all right, it was all worth it to go through those those trials, those tough times, but man, when we're in them, they suck, um, but that's where we're at right now. we got to keep grinding, we got to keep believing in each other. Um, you know, we got to keep honing in on this game plan, and we got to go out there ultimately and execute and play with each other. That's it. We got to play for one another. We got to play well on all sides of the ball, um, and and that's really how you win games in this league. It's hard. It's hard to one side of the ball plays well and the other two don't. It's hard to win this league. You got to win as a as a team. So we got to get there. Coles delivers a good message there. You know, as part of the reason, I believe this administration administration brought him in. He's a good leader. Um, he's been in these situations before. He keeps a calm head on his shoulders, and hopefully the guys respond to this. Hey, it's time for the mailbag! All right, simmer down, simmer down, my goodness. All right, it's time for the mailbag section, everybody. Um, our first submission comes from Gary in Pontiac, Ohio, and this is what he sent in. Where do you think the Jaguars should go from here now that they're 4-6? and six? Well, Gary and Panye, that's a good question. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff out there on Twitter that people are thinking the Jags should tank. They're saying the season's over, they should start tanking, uh, play for a draft pick since we're going to have two first-rounders this year and two first-rounders next year. We have people out there thinking that we should tank. Um, again, I didn't put a poll out on Twitter, again, across the Jags. If you want to interact, go ahead. And the majority of people said tank. But here's what I think. 
I think we have to go for it. We're still in the hunt. We're not out of this thing yet. I mean, what do you play football for? Do you play to win the Super Bowl? Um, if, like I said before, if we beat the Titans, you know, the Texans and Colts are going to play. One of those two teams obviously has to lose. That puts us one game out of second place right there. Um, we string together a few wins, and, I mean, you never know. Anything could happen. So at this point, we're not tanking. We've got a, a full steam ahead. We've got a few kinks to work out, you know, as everybody does. But um, we'll get this thing righted. And to answer your question, Gary, I think full steam ahead and take it game by game. You can only win one at a time. Let's string some wins together and see where we're at. A little caveat to that, though, if we play like we did on Sunday, we're not going to win another game this season. So we have to get a few issues figured out. We've got to get that uh, that line bolstered up. Um, or the Derrick Henry buffet is just going to gash us all day long. Thanks for that question, Jerry. Our next question comes from Logan up in Minnesota. Logan up in Minnesota, kind of our boots-on-the-ground guy for the Vikings up there. Lives real close to the stadium. Um, I appreciate him sending in an audio file about our Jaguars. And here's his question. Why did the Jags only run the ball nine times? Yes, great question, Logan. Thank you. Um, there's a lot of speculation out there on why we only ran it nine times. Uh, nothing really definitive, but... My two cents, and this is kind of funny that it came from our Vikings guy, is John DeFlippo. I believe that's why they shipped him out of Minnesota, because he wanted to throw the ball, and the Vikings wanted to run it. So they shipped him out, we got him, and he got Nick Foles back, he got his shiny new toy, and that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to throw the ball, wanted to go out there, use his arm, and we forgot about our overall game plan all year, which has been to run the ball. We've got Fournette. Man's one of the best running backs in the league. Um, we forgot the game plan. It's plain and simple. It's a coaching mishap. You can't have mistakes like that. Nine times you ran the ball. Now Fournette only ran them uh, eight of those times. So Rock Armstead, he had the other carry. Fournette only touched the ball eight times. So that can't happen. That's not going to happen in the future. If we're going to get this thing right, we're going to get this train rolling down the tracks again. Uh, Marone even said in his press conferences that he's got to touch the ball more. So I think this is a lesson. Coaching staff is going to learn from this, even though they should have known better. And they're going to get it turned around. We're going to run the ball. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to run the ball. Thank you for the question, Logan. Hello there. This is Eric Giesler. I've been invited to this pod across the Jags by ATM Austin T. Miller. You can find me on Twitter at... ATB Goose, and I can only presume I've been invited to this pod to turn up the professionalism a little bit that's been lacking, you know, bring on a proven talent like myself to uh, supplement Augie's, you know, lack of understanding of a lot of topics. So thanks, Augie, for having me on, and I'll go ahead and try to uh, add a few things. So Austin sent me over a outline of things he'd like like me to include so we'll go ahead and get started first of all i'm going to offer three drops to the fantasy world you know heading into week 12 and i could easily just list off names 
that are obvious drops like O.J. Howard or, you know, turds like that, Brian Hill. But, you know, we're getting late in the year, and some of these household names just aren't performing. Uh, first one, David Johnson. You know, he's 98, 98% owned on Yahoo. This guy is universally owned, and he's been a complete bust over the last month. A lot of this problem has to do with the coaching staff not being forthright on the role or the injury that Johnson's going to have. He's several times been said to be healthy and has come in the game and has gotten almost zero workloads. Highly frustrating as a fantasy manager, but it is what it is. Um, the next one would be A.J. Green in Cincinnati. You've probably been holding him all year, and it's just time to cut bait unless you have an IR spot. It seems like he's reluctant to play, and he's got a contract next season. I don't expect to see him out there. They're probably going to keep saying ambiguous language to make you believe all sorts of things, but I don't expect C.A.J. Green, and if we do, he's still got a very inexperienced quarterback throwing to him with a terrible offensive line. Um, next, Curtis Samuel for the Panthers. Really, Kyle Allen's been the death of him. He He's still getting plenty of you know air yards, but just not coming through. Really, the only guys coming through there are McCaffrey and um, DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel's kind of getting left in the dust. He's Like I said, he's got a lot of air yards, but the quarterback play is just not good enough to support Curtis Samuel. He's 79% owned on Yahoo. So, a couple honorable mentions would be um, Brandon Cooks or Brian Hill. Cooks, you probably want to hold on to him. He's probably going to be coming back. But Brian Hill, Hill looked terrible last week, but it could bite you in the butt if you drop him. This time of year, you just have to do risk assessment. Where are you, where are you at? If you are ahead of the game and you have a guaranteed playoff spot, you can be patient with a guy like Johnson or Brandon Cooks. But if you're fighting for your playoff life and you have to make an add or a drop just to get a W, you can't afford to have a guy like Johnson. Now, of course, if you have some trash or some backup tight end that you picked up last week, you want to hold on. But this is for you know circumstances where you don't have any other choice. These guys could be droppable. Another honorable mention here would be Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, matchups are going to be somewhat easy, but his performance has been pretty pitiful with Mason Rudolph, and I really think you can do better. You can at least bench him. So the next segment, um, name two players, and what drink would they represent? So this must be something Augie's trying to do to keep his pod fresh and cutting edge. So I'm going to say, number one, Christian McCaffrey, the Long Island iced tea. I call him that because, you know, you pour all the different kinds of liquor into the cup and all of a sudden it tastes like a nice fresh glass of iced tea. This guy McCaffrey can run between the tackles, he can run outside tackles, he can catch balls, he can block, he plays every down. Everything that goes into being an NFL running back goes in the glass that is McCaffrey. So he's the Long Island iced tea. Next we'll go Ronald Jones of Tampa Bay fame. I'm going to call this guy the uh, bottom shelf Walmart rum. Okay, in a pinch, you can drink that rum. But if there's any other bottles beside the rum, you're probably going to select the other bottles. So this is basically your, your bottom shelf liquor, liqueur, probably 40 proof. And it's going to look good, you know, late at night when you're up late with your belly button hanging out and Cheetos dust all over your shirt. You're going to wake up in the morning with Ronald Jones and you're going to be upset that you drank that uh, McGillicuddy or whatever 
whatever sh bottom shelf rum you got there. So that's my two drinks. Okay, here we go. Would you rather? Would you rather start Dak Prescott at New England, Baker Mayfield versus Miami, or Derek Carr at the New York Jets? So here, here's a classic case that comes up in fantasy all the time, and this is something that can really throw managers off, and including myself. You've got the proven performer with Dak in the tough matchup at New England. And then you've got the underperformers, Mayfield and Carr, with the beautiful matchups. So the question you have to ask yourself, do you play the matchup or do you play the performer? Uh, this late in season, my answer would be play Dak Prescott. Mayfield and Carr look very promising if you're in a pinch, fire them up. But if you've ridden Dak this far, I'd, I'd advise to keep riding him. He's really looked good this year, and they've been slinging the ball all around. Okay, the next would you rather. Would you rather play Trubisky or Teddy Bridgewater? Now, at first you're thinking, what kind of question is that? Well, would you rather just play Trubisky or Teddy Bridgewater, hoping that the stars would align and Drew Brees would get hurt and all sorts of factors would hone in, and Bridgewater would come in and get you those three points that you need that Trubisky won't get you. At this point, the Eddie, the answer is Teddy Bridgewater. If if you're watching Trubisky at this point in the year, you're either a Bears fan or you're just incapable of recognizing what's good on TV. Okay, At this point, I'd rather watch reruns of ALF than a Bears game. I'd rather watch the Charlotte Hornets take on... I don't know who's bad. The Fort Wayne Mad Ants. At this point, you do not watch the Bears under any circumstances. So I'm going to say Teddy Bridgewater is a start over Mitchell Trubisky. For the final bullet point on Augie's timeline that he sent me, he asked for a quote. So when ATM asks for a quote, I go above and beyond and I bring him something from the Game of Thrones. This is Sir Alistair at the top of the wall as the wildlings are approaching and war is upon the kingdom. Addressing Lord Snow and his many concerns. Do you know what leadership means, Lord Snow? It means that the person in charge gets second-guessed by every clever little twat with a mouth. Or if he starts second-guessing himself, that's the end. For him, for the clever little twats, for everyone. This is not the end. Okay, that was Sir Alistair. As you can tell, it's a very powerful scene in the film. Now, as a special treat, I will give my rendition of that quote. Do you know what leadership means, Lord Snow? It means that the man in charge gets second-guessed by every clever little twat with a mouth. Well, if he starts second-guessing himself, that's the end. For him, for the clever little twats, for everyone. This is not the end. So in week 12, guys, be the leader of your team. Don't listen to the clever little twats of your league who commentate on your decisions. If you want to start bottom shelf Walmart rum, Ronald Jones, then you do it. This is Across the Jags. Peace. You know nothing. Eric Geister. <laughs> oh, it's always fun to have Goose on the show. Um, 
Again, that's ATB Goose on Twitter. Go find him. Follow him. He always has something to say. You know, going along with what he said, I'm going to go with Tom Brady is champagne. And um, my would you rather, this is going to be for the Twitter community out there. I'll put the poll up. You guys can tell me what you think. Would you rather be a mermaid or a centaur? But your parts have to be reversed. So would you rather be a mermaid with fish head with legs or a centaur and you'd have a horse head and front hooves with a human bottom half? So be curious to know what you guys have to say about that. Well, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. I will see you guys back here next week when we talk about that Jaguar victory. Again, please add us on Twitter at Across the Jags. That's a division of Across the Board Sports. Interact with us. We like to hear from you guys. Send us questions in for the mailbag segment. So, until next time, this is your host, ATM, signing off. And remember, I always let the cat out of the bag. Go Jags.